Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. This episode is brought to you by From Within Records. And holy shit, I'm back from FYA. I just want to say thank you to everybody who came out and supported and picked up a collab tea. Thank you, From Within Records. Thank you, Payback, Despise, Shackled, and Burning Strong for letting me do these collab teas. It was seriously humbling. It was mind-blowing all at the same time. Obviously, I had posted the designs leading up to FYA, got a ton of good reaction, right? People DMing me about how cool they looked and how stoked they were on the designs. But that that's all cool and well, but I was just really curious at how it was going to translate uh, in real life to people actually spending their hard-earned money on these t-shirts. And to my surprise, and with the help of my uh, good friend Andy Weaver, who was there uh, helping me uh, sell the merch, um, helping me stay organized, uh, a lot of you showed up and had kind things to say about the podcast and the designs. And I want to shout out uh, Garrett Ralph, who designed the Shackled Tee, uh, ben Brody, the guitar player of Despise, who designed uh, the Despise tee, and uh, Chris Wilson, who designed the Payback shirt. It was um, it, it was awesome. I, I had a really great time putting it all together. And also, I, I want to shout out uh, Good Fortune Printing out of Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, for everybody who was so stoked on how awesome the prints looked in person. You can thank them. Uh, for anyone in the Northeast and needs merch printed, uh, hit up uh, Good Fortune Printing. Uh, they do quality work, uh, as you can tell by those collapses. It was awesome. It was a great experience, and I'm, I'm hoping and I'm planning to do some some more very soon. But I just got to get everything organized. But uh, I, it was just a great experience. I'm so happy at the way things turned out. So shout out From Within Records. Shout out Payback, Burning Strong, Despised, Shackled, MH Chaos. It was just a great time. I, I, I could not have been any happier uh, than I was at FYA this past weekend. It was a trip to have been, or to have finally, uh, uh, you know, uh, traveled back to Tampa. It had been two years and it, it didn't seem like that, right? This sign has been here uh, for every episode that I've done since I've gotten it. And to think that it, uh, it, it's been two years since we were in that building, it was, it was cool. I, I knew a lot of people who traveled to that fest, but it was also really awesome uh, at the friends that I ran into that I didn't even realize that were going to be there. So just to catch up with so many awesome people, my friends from Canada, friends from New York, my friends from California that I ran into that were there. It, it, it was cool. It, it was such an awesome experience. So shout out to Bob Wilson for putting that whole thing together. It, it, it's such an amazing thing. And I hope everyone uh, who wasn't able to experience it this year is able to do it next year because it's it, it's it's a special fest. Yeah, they set the tone for the year when it comes to hardcore fests and just uh, it's, it's just a great thing. And the lineup's always amazing. It's a great representation of what's currently going on in hardcore. So I, I have nothing but great things to say. I am sad that there was not a sign on the door for me to steal again because I had planned uh, if there was an FYA eight sign on the door, I was going to come home with at least one. And trust me, I look there, there, there wasn't anything. So maybe next year for FYA nine, I'll come home with something special besides my uh, great memories. I got a spy hoodie, shout out spy, uh, amazing band from California. And uh, I think that was the only thing that I actually paid for. Uh, so shout out to spy. I love to support that band. Shout out Cole, good friend of mine. 
but it, but it was awesome. I got to see my friends in Wilkesbury. Shout out Warren, one step closer. Uh, I, I just I, I just can't uh, put everything into words. It, it was just a really great time, and it meant a lot for me to be there. And I was happy to have been able to be there representing From Within Records. Go follow them on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, if you're not following them yet, you should do yourself a favor and do that. Uh, there's so many great things to, to say about the label and what they have going on. But I'm back. We're here. We tracked down our good friend, Jordy Holland. He sings for a band called Fading Signal out of North Carolina, which I think they're an awesome band. If you're not familiar, literally hit pause right now. Go boot up your Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp, Tidal, and search out Fading Signal. You can come back. You can thank me later. Or you can boot up the Hardcore Caviar playlist. Uh, we have the whole new uh, dead last EP up there, eight amazing tracks of perfect hardcore, but also we have a fading signal track on that playlist uh, to help spread the word about that band. But it was cool to finally be able to sit down and, and talk to Jordy. Uh, we had been in communication for a while and it was awesome to hear about the band and to hear about his perspective on their music and where they're heading from here. So I am very stoked to put this out there and help educate people on fading signal. So strap in, enjoy this conversation without further ado. Welcome Jordy Holland to the show. and we're live welcome to the podcast jordy how's it going good man how you doing uh, do you prefer jordy or should i call you jordan or uh either or it doesn't really matter to me okay i, I was going based off my friends your... call me jordy my friends call me jordan it doesn't okay whatever awesome. whatever feels right to you man okay thank you i uh, just wanted to make you feel comfortable but uh, I, i'm stoked to finally have you on the podcast so uh thank you for being down to do this all right i think we're good now I don't have a clue what just happened. Okay. Uh, it's, it's all good. Uh, you know, this is uh, normal. Uh, it's fine. I'll, I'll just have to just chop out that, that little bit, but I was just saying, yeah. uh, thank you for being down to do the podcast. I uh, really appreciate it. For sure, man. Thank you for having me on. Okay. And for uh, people who may not be familiar, uh, you sing for a band called fading signal. And if you could just give a, a quick breakdown about uh, where you come from and how you got to that point. Uh, I'm from North Carolina, um, from a little town in North Carolina called Micro, uh, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I grew up listening to music. I grew up, uh, playing in like metalcore bands when I was in high school and stuff like that. And, uh, getting into hardcore from there and me and the other members just wanted to do a more like straightforward kind of hardcore band than we really have in North Carolina. Um, and I really wanted to do a band that sounded like American Nightmare other members wanted to do bands that sounded like other things and fading signals what we got. Oh yeah. That, that's awesome. I, I feel like I've spent an unusual amount of time in North Carolina recently. Uh, I recently traveled to 
uh, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. And I just got back from uh, Tampa, Florida. But for some reason, on the way to each destination, I had layovers in Raleigh, North Carolina. And the the, the first two times when I went to uh, Wilkes-Barre, because I went twice, I had a 12-hour layover, which I don't even know how... I ended up with such a long layover, but those are probably some of the darkest moments of my life. Uh, showing up, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Showing up to, um, especially uh, getting there for the first time, because the, the second time I'm like, all right, I've done this before, like we can figure it out. But the first time I got there, uh, landed at like 10 p.m. and I'm like, shit, why am I going to be here for 12 hours? This just makes no sense. But whatever. So. <laughs> Uh, everything had just closed, like as far as like restaurants. So I, I was like uh, scrambling to try to find like a vending machine or something. But then uh, eventually I found these, this like really cool, it was like a whole uh, self-serve like cafe. So you just walk into this area and they just had sandwiches and a bunch of stuff and you just had to go and check yourself out. So that was a lifesaver because I was prepared not to eat until the morning <laughs> when everything opened, but uh, just wandering around aimlessly for about an hour, I found that little cafe and it was truly a lifesaver and yeah yeah and then just this past weekend i, I went to uh tampa for fya and originally i had no plans to go to uh or have a layover in raleigh north carolina but my flight got canceled and then some delays so i had to buy like a brand new flight like the day of and just by chance i ended up in raleigh north carolina again at the the airport and it, it was just it was just this weird familiar feeling I'm like damn i was just here i, I just spent 24 <laughs> hours in this airport and here i am again hopefully uh, I, I was praying that it wasn't going to be as long and luckily it wasn't as long as last time but it, it was just funny that i was back so soon yeah there's something that's just drawing you here man i don't know what it is and how far is a uh, micro from raleigh because i'm not too familiar with the geography of north carolina uh it's about 40 minutes um but I, I work in Raleigh and most of my friends live around Raleigh. So I'm, I'm in Raleigh all the time. I've also had some of the darkest moments of my life in Raleigh, North Carolina. So we can commiserate on that. You know, see, I didn't realize you were so you were that close because uh, I, I reached out to some friends uh, that were in like Charlotte, but that was like way too far. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so next time I have a 12 hour layover in Raleigh, I'll uh, ring your line and see what's good. For sure. Hell yeah. Well, uh, I, I like fading signal. Uh, I feel like I was uh, kind of became more interested in your band when I heard the latest record, right? Because I, I heard the demo and I, I heard the uh, the EP, Nothing Feels Good Anymore. And mm -hmm. it wasn't until, I don't know if I should say his name on air, but one of my friends, uh, this is the weirdest thing too, because normally people will just like send me music early without even me asking, which is nice. I, I, I always appreciate it. And right. they trust me enough to, to not uh, leak it or upload it or whatever. Uh, and uh, but but this time I was on a discord call and one of my friends was like, hey, I have the new fading signal record. Do you want to hear it? And I'm like, sure. And I thought he was just going to send it to me and I was just going to listen to it when I had time. But he wanted me to like sit there in real time with him over discord and listen to it together. So I'm like, OK, this is uh something new but i'm like whatever let's check it out and as we're going through it i was like wow this is actually really good and it actually got me really stoked uh for the new record Hell yeah. before it came out and it actually turned me into like a, a bigger fan of the band hell yeah that's sick thank you man i'm a. Uh... I'm interested to find out who that was. Maybe you can tell me off air. That'll yeah, be, yeah, hundred percent. I'll I'll tell you off air because I don't want to blow his spot because I don't want to get him in trouble if uh, he wasn't supposed yeah. to do that. But um, I don't think anyone would care. But I have a few ideas of who it could be, so I would I would very much like to know for sure. I'll, I'll, That's I'll, sick though. I'm 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 glad that you enjoyed it, man. That means a lot. 
Yeah, but let's jump back to to the very beginning. So you, for sure, you, you mentioned uh, you know you wanted to do a band that sounded Amer- like American Nightmare, and your friends wanted to do something else. So how long did it take for you guys to actually form Fading Signal and start writing music? Um, the idea came up when uh, our guitarist uh, Puffle and I went to the Have Heart shows in Worcester in 2019. Um, we just wanted to start a band that we thought could like affect people and like resonate with people because we saw how how much people really felt at those shows and um we started kicking around ideas probably like directly after that and um just writing like stuff here and there and we we finally found other members and actually got stuff started around like probably the end of august or like the start of september of 2019 and um when we first started, all of our songs had like a completely different vibe. Like we had the songs, two of the songs on the demo. Um, and then we had like an intro that was like a soup, like basically an integrity ripoff. Um, and we ended up using the breakdown for that, uh, from that for the song wasting words on the new EP. Actually. Um, we had a song that sounded like ink and dagger. We had a song that sounded like trash talk. Like we were, we were all over the place. So it was, um, it wasn't, it wasn't really a, like a fully congealed sound yet. Um, and then we recorded the demo with uh, Will Butler, who does To Live a Lie Records. Um, and we just picked the three songs that we thought went the best together. And it's more of a straightforward, like uh, like fake power violence kind of sound, I think, on that demo. And it's cool, but uh, we, I don't think we really came into our own until uh, we had some members switch around and started writing for Nothing Feels Good Anymore. Uh, probably like middle of the pandemic. And I think that's when we really kind of found our groove. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm always curious how bands uh, have to kind of weave their way through that process, right? Trying to uh, create or figure out their sound. Because sometimes it'll take a band, uh, you know, a, a couple EPs, uh, and then when they get to the full length, and then they've um, found their sound, being able to lock it down and then make it more solid. So it's curious to hear that you guys had tracks that sounded like so many different bands and you just picked the three that sounded uh, you know, the best together. I'm curious what the Trash Talk song sounded like because I love Trash Talk. I, I love that kind of punk hardcore and I, I wish they would do more. And obviously, I know a lot of people uh, turned their backs on the band, didn't really like what they did like later in their career, right. which I get. But I, I still love that band. I think they've done no wrong. I, I love everything that they've put out. So uh, I, I completely I, agree. Yeah, I'd, I'd be really curious, and sometimes I, I can get it right. But people just aren't too friendly when it comes to change. Because I, I remember, uh, I think the, the and this is I think the last time I, I saw Trash Talk, it was I can't remember what year it was, but they were on some. It, it was the when they're already like into like that golf wing crowd, and mm-hmm. I remember they played uh, the Constellation Room out here, and I, I hit up all my friends like, "Yo, like who's going to Trash Talk?" and Everybody thought I was a weirdo for wanting to go see Trash Talk, <laughs> and I, I was like, "Whatever, fuck it." I, I still went, and I loved it because they, they played a great mix of like the entire discography at the time. And I, yeah. granted, the, the the crowd was different, right? It was all golf wing kids, not a lot of moshing, more just singing along, and uh, you know, people just trying to push up to the front. But the performance from the band was the same. Uh, everybody was going crazy, and, and I thought it was awesome. Like I, I didn't care that it was just a, a different crowd. I was just happy that there were people there still appreciating the band 
and I, I wish more people would uh, kind of realize that they're still awesome, and, and so they're just kind of yeah, for sure, just kind of put, like putting them in a box just because they you know got signed to a, a big label, and yeah, there's more people that know about them, but they're still the same band. Yeah, for sure. I feel like if people like actually gave their LPs the time of day, they would realize just how good they are because like I don't think that anything they put out is bad like all the way through. Like every record has tracks, every record like it doesn't even sound that different really. Like they got a little bit more like like when they started they were a little bit more like modern, quote unquote, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um but like they they really just became like a fast like hardcore band and they have like heavy parts every once in a while like i don't i don't see what the what the beef is but people are gonna people are gonna like and hate whatever they want so yeah it's out of my hands yeah there's plenty of bands that i've i still ride for that people uh, just don't like anymore and sometimes i i I feel crazy because i'm like what am i hearing that's so different from what people (laughs) think this band used to be like you know because yeah like you're right like they're not that different from what they were um, but in turn, uh, they don't really do shows anymore. Uh, so yeah, it, it's really strange. Maybe they hate hardcore as much as hardcore hates them. Who knows? <laughs> I hope not. Same here. Cause but I, I w- also wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised and I wouldn't really blame them. Yeah. But I guarantee you if trash talk announced a show, uh, here or somewhere in California, wherever they want to do NorCal, Southern California, it would pack out. People would flock to that show. People wouldn't like for sure act too cool and would lose their minds. Yeah, because because uh, uh, you know they've given us enough time to to miss them, and like they're not busy at all. So it's like, yeah, they, they could come back and do something crazy if they wanted to. But yeah, know. but they all they all have their hands in a bunch of different pies right now. I think from what I've seen, like Lee has that uh that clothing brand that he does that's like super successful. So like, mm-hmm. if they're making money and don't feel the need to play shows, then that's that's their prerogative. But I can. I can say for certain if there was a trash talk show anywhere near me, I'm going. Absolutely. 100%. Somewhere behind me, uh, I have like a trash talk long sleeve that I wear every now and then. It's pretty awesome. But you released the demo February 18th, and obviously the pandemic hit, coronavirus, everything went super serious. About like almost a month to the day of you releasing that demo, uh, how was that for the band? Did it take the wind out of your sails? Because obviously, a brand new band demo just came out. You want to pick up steam. You want to start playing shows. You want to get out there uh, to be noticed and try to you know gain more ground and uh, you know capture uh, you know th- this new thing. But with the pandemic hitting and obviously everything having to stop, uh, what was that like for you, especially with being in this new band? Uh, it definitely sucked. Uh, we played two shows before the pandemic. Uh, we played one. Uh, in Raleigh with uh, this band Freeze from uh, Pennsylvania and uh, this band 156 Silence and a couple of other, like a couple local bands. And then we played with uh, Magnitude, Sect, and The Burning Wind uh, like the same week. And then we were planning, there was going to be a benefit show here and uh, that was going to be our demo release show. And it was, I think, March 23rd. So it was like the weekend that everything shut down. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember... I remember like as things were starting to happen we were like oh we'll be able to play this show at least like it'll be all right and then uh everything shut down so we obviously didn't get to and it definitely it definitely took the wind out of our sails we still were like we were definitely still hanging out and practicing and writing and stuff but we like i said we still hadn't really found like what we were what we were trying to do yet um 
and we we honestly just took a break for a while like uh our original guitar player one of them uh moved to was in the process of moving to arizona by the time we were getting back together and the other guitarist had like just too much shit going on so we didn't really know what we were what we were going to do and we got really lucky that uh dean who plays bass and our friend matt who played guitar on nothing feels good anymore uh stepped up and were willing to like do some stuff with us and we've had another lineup change since then uh my friend bailey plays guitar now um so we it definitely took the wind out of our sails at first but we once once we all kind of like got the the ground under our feet in the pandemic and like realized that we could still like do things in one way or another we uh we got remotivated and we just we did what we could and now shows are back and things are weird right now specifically but i think i think everything will be back to normal again soon probably and i think honestly the pandemic was really good for us because it gave us time to like actually sit down and reflect on what we wanted to do you know what i mean so it's uh it's kind of positive and negative um but gotta get the gotta get the best out of the worst situations you know what i mean 100 percent, and i feel like that's great perspective because in a situation like that there's only so much we can control yeah. so so for, for you guys to be able to figure it out and uh you know make use of that time right because i know uh friends who are like all right cool everything shut down we got shit to do i'm gonna finally write this demo for this band that i've always wanted to do and i've seen uh friends who had that mindset and uh, work through it and have great success with uh, the great use of their time then i've also seen friends who were like all right like let me just try to figure it out and not really utilize that uh that interesting uh you know chunk of time that we had uh so it's something awesome that you guys were able to figure it out with the member changes too because that that could cripple a band right you know the, the guitar For player sure. decides to leave uh people could get jaded and not want to do it anymore they might just want to start a whole new project so the fact that uh you guys were willing to you know figure it out and have those members step up and uh you know be creative and make it work i i think it's awesome yeah we definitely got we definitely got very lucky um i think we probably would have made music either way uh no matter what happened with like member changes and the pandemic and stuff but I'm glad things happened the way they did because I think we're at the the best possible version of our band at this point. So we got really lucky. Okay. And before we move on from the demo, I, I just want to say uh, that first track killing music, that's my favorite track off the demo. Uh, I appreciate it, man. That's, that's the only song off the demo that we still play. I, um, I, I like the demo a lot musically, but mm -hmm. I really, really don't like my lyrics on it at all or my vocal performance. So I'm just kind of like, like part of me wishes that we could not play any of it anymore or i could like rewrite it and we could redo it or something but uh that song a lot of people like that song at least the people that like our band a lot of people like that song and it uh gets a good reaction every time we play and it's really fun so i just kind of power through it and and just sing the words i don't really want to sing anymore but it, it it meant something to me at a at a at the time that i wrote it so i'm always able to like dredge the feeling back up you know what i mean it's never like a Oh, I gotta sing this song again. Hundred percent. Well, I'm I'm happy that the one song that I decided to, uh, you know, uh, bond with off the demo is the one that you still play because that means that I have a chance <laughs> to see it live. So that's me being, uh, you know, thinking selfishly. But that, that that's awesome. Hell yeah! I'm glad you like it. So from the demo to nothing feels good anymore. Obviously, you mentioned there was a bit of a break, member switch up. How long did it take for you guys to actually write that EP? um 
I think we started writing it around the same time of the year that we got the band together, probably like September, October of uh, 2020. And we went to the studio the first week of January, 2021. Mm-hmm. So about, about two months, like they were, some of it was songs that we had had uh, kind of like we'd had skeletons for when we, when we stopped doing stuff for a little bit. Um, so it was, it didn't take that long to get it all together, but it was more of a, the process was more like fine tuning and adding like little stuff here and there that we, that we wanted to do that we thought would make it a little bit more interesting. And was there ever any like hesitancy to want to go in the studio and write something? Cause it, uh, at that point, the you know, shows hadn't come back yet. There was still no clear picture to you know what the future of uh, the live aspect of hardcore was at that moment. So, uh, did you guys just want to get in there and be like, all right, let's just uh, record and just put something out just to stay relevant, or were you guys just like, all right, let's just hope for the best, record something, and if things start to get better, we can put it out? Um, I think. I think it was actually kind of liberating that we didn't really have to worry about the the live aspect of it, um, <clears throat> especially in uh, in North Carolina. Faster hardcore was never really like a a much beloved thing. So uh, obviously, I I hoped people would would pop off and react well live, but it was more of a it was more of a let's write something that we know is cool and that we like and hope for the best that people like it whenever shows do come back. Cause at that point we didn't know when and if shows were coming back. And mm. I think we just wanted to like do something that we thought was like vital and cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's, <coughs> that's, uh, you know, brave on your guys' part. Cause I know uh, people who had full records that they were just sitting on that they were like, all right, we don't know what's going to happen and we don't want to put out anything to kind of uh, make it go to waste because obviously everybody had their own perspective on how bands uh, you know could operate during uh you know the situation so the the fact that you guys went in there and did it especially as a newer band i I think that's cool yeah i don't really think we we had much to lose you know what i mean like um i know i know chemical fix uh had their lp written for a while uh like through the pandemic and waited for shows to come back and waited for things to be uh, like closer to normal before they put it out. And for them, I get it because they were a little bit more like established and they kind of had more like on the line. You know what I mean? I guess. Uh-huh. Um, but for us, like we weren't, we weren't hooked up with safe inside yet when we, when we were writing and recording that uh, we weren't like, we weren't trying to put anything out on physical. Like we weren't trying to, obviously we weren't trying to play shows. Like we just, we wanted to put something out to like, to put something out you know what i mean like we had we'd sat on this band for a while and like we'd put the demo out and people liked it and it was it got a good reaction for as good of a reaction as a demo could hope for i guess Mm -hmm. um and we just we really wanted to put something else out and kind of put our put our names out there you know what i mean yeah and well what was it like uh like almost a year later the pandemic is still a thing obviously it's still a thing to this day but um even at that moment when shows weren't back uh what was the vibe like for the band like how stoked were you guys and uh was the reception uh you know better uh, than the demo or was it just about the same if you can remember uh the reception was definitely better um i feel like just because it was a little bit longer there were more songs and there was it was a little bit more substantive you know what i mean like the songs weren't just like blast beat breakdown and you know what i mean it was they were like 
they're still short and like very concise songs but there was kind of more more meat on the bone you know what i mean so i think people could um could resonate with the music a little bit more and uh yeah the reaction was incredible like i remember the first time like i saw people like posting the songs like with the lyrics to it i was like stunned because i never expected my band to like catch on enough for like even my friends to do that so like seeing people i didn't know like posting my band and my lyrics was was very surreal to me and um it was cool man like we we definitely got more of a of a boost from that and then safe inside heard it and uh or Bert from safe inside heard it and wanted to wanted to put something out for us and so it definitely that ep definitely opened a lot of doors for us yeah and it's uh, awesome that it was all able to happen when things weren't really moving the way that they normally did before the pandemic right so that that's pretty awesome here and when uh, you know bert heard it um he reached out did you guys or were you guys already familiar with the label uh i was i'm not sure if anyone else in the band was but uh i was into like time and pressure that mm -hmm. was on that label um the band dying for it it's on that label like that's the the kind of like realm that they dwell in is the kind of hardcore that i really like especially now because there's there's not that much of it so i was i was definitely familiar and when i think bert like messaged us on instagram or something and said something about liking the death or liking the ep and it just kind of snowballed into him wanting to put it put it out for us and then now putting out another ep and gearing up to write an lp with with safe inside um it was really cool uh i like that label a lot and i think they're doing a lot for this kind the kind of realm of hardcore that we dwell in um it's really it's awesome to be on that label in my opinion yeah no, and um much respect to to burton everything that uh, he does with that label because they have and have assigned some awesome bands um and my only thing is sometimes uh people will uh, judge a band by their label right if it's for not, sure for sure if, if it's not like you know the hottest label or the the most hype label people will look at the label and be like okay it's just one of those bands and kind of write it off which i always uh fear right because uh when i look at a, a band like fading signal i'm just like well i hope that um, you guys don't get kind of put in that situation where people are like oh they're on saving side like uh, i don't really care uh and then just kind of move on because like they're so attracted to uh, the the bigger labels which is fine you know obviously like yeah. what you like but i, I just uh, have that fear for uh, you know, people to to get judged like that when it, it shouldn't be like that yeah i definitely i definitely get where you're coming from uh i don't think i don't think that's happened i obviously can't say that it has and if it has i mean it's whatever that's it's something that's been happening since the dawn of of music you know what i mean the the big dogs eat and the the little dogs get what's left and that's that's how it is not the safe inside is a little dog but you know what i mean um like people have their biases and people have their their assumptions about everything so if someone writes us off because we're on a label that's not like one of the big labels in hardcore i'm not i'm not really concerned about it because it probably means they're not actually that concerned with hardcore as a whole you know what i mean 100 percent. because if you're you're looking at uh, uh saving side records uh you know w without a bias and you, you look at a band like chemical fix right they're on yep. tour right now with uh you know w one of the biggest hardcore bands ever um, american nightmare yep. so 
So that that says a lot, right? Like you don't have to be on the uh, you know the biggest or most hype label to do cool shit, to do meaningful stuff, to get in front of people's yeah, eyes. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. And the the cream will rise to the top, no matter what. Like if if it's meant to be for a safe inside band to become like the biggest hardcore band in the world, or for safe inside to become another big hardcore label, it'll happen. If it's not, then it won't. But either way, it's still gonna be pumping out good hardcore, and that's that's what really matters, you know. Like hundred percent. I felt like I kind of realized that because obviously I listen to bands from all different types of labels, and I I have friends that are in a band, and they reached out. They're like, "Hey, do you think you can help pass our demo around to try to get in front of people's, you know, eyes and ears, and maybe we can land somewhere cool?" I'm like, "Yeah, just let me know." Um, I was like, "This is who I know. This is who I can send it to. Just let me know like where you want me to send it." So I sent it, uh, you know, where they asked and I was for sure that, um, one of the people that I sent it to would be interested just because I believe in the music and I, I thought it was uh, a, a great demo, but mm-hmm. nobody, <laughs> nobody was interested. And I'm like, damn, this is, uh, it put me in a weird situation. Cause I'm like, oh, I, I've never dealt with this. I thought for sure this was going to be a hit. Um, and, and it was one of the situations where I'm like, man, am I crazy again? Like listening to this and thinking that it's badass, <laughs> um, but nobody's, uh, you know, answering my texts or re- returning my calls when it comes to this particular situation. So I'm like, all right, um, whatever. So I, I like, you know, reach out to the band. I'm like, Hey, literally heard, uh, not a whole lot, but just trust me, keep doing what you're doing and, uh, you'll land somewhere. Just like, obviously like it, it's a demo. Like you don't need to be on the label with, with your demo. Yeah. Just keep writing the music that, that you're writing and. Um, you'll be undeniable and you'll land somewhere and things will be fine. And sure enough, they, they kept working at it. They landed on a label. They're doing good. They're doing shows uh, better than ever. So yeah, shit happens. Oh yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I, I try not to get hung up on um, who's on what label. Obviously like it, it's cool. I, I think I get more stoked when I see my friends get on a label that they wanted to get on. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. But when it's like a, a band that I have no ties to and they're on a label, I'm like, oh, that's cool. It doesn't really make me like uh, that excited or anything. It's just, like, oh, cool. I'm happy for them. Let me check out the music. That's like what's the most important yeah. thing, right? Yeah, for sure. But you briefly mentioned a, a band called Time and Pressure. Uh, so sad that they broke up. I never got to see them. Rest in peace. Yeah. Neither I, I, did I. Okay, cool. We're, we're in the same boat. So I don't feel so alone now. Um, but I, I think they're awesome. But since they're no longer around, uh, I like, I would like to see like you guys go on tour with my friends and take it to heart. Uh, cause, Oh yeah. I, yeah. Cause them, uh, you know, obviously chemical fix, uh, they're busy right now. Rejection pack, super awesome band. Shout out. Awesome Dev. band. Yeah. So, uh, there's a, I, I always want to see labels stick together and do cool shit together, but obviously like, you know, yeah, for sure. Bands like to, or labels and everybody, they, they, we all intermingle, but I always think it's cool when there's like that, that um, unity where bands can stick together and do stuff uh, with their label mates. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would love to tour with Take It's Heart. Those are my, those are my boys. Me and Jay actually have been uh, having a matrix marathon this week where we have been going back and watching the, the old, the OG trilogy, like over FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ben's one of, Ben is one of my favorite people on earth. I would, we were actually supposed to play uh, two shows with them and broken vow on that tour that they were doing that unfortunately got canceled. Uh, but on the the Virginia date of that show, the band No Other Way was going to play. They're also on Safe Inside. Mm-hmm. And Shout out the last time we, absolutely awesome band, awesome dudes. Um, 
the last time we played in Richmond, uh, they played as well, and it was us, them, and Chemical Fix, and we hung like a big safe inside banner behind the the drums while we were playing because like it was all safe inside or not all safe inside bands. There was another band, but it was kind of like a like a team meetup. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely big into like people representing their their friends and their labels and like the bands that they run with. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. No, I, I had a a taste of that um this weekend or this past weekend at fya uh because i uh, you know ride for uh, from within records and i did some uh co- collab shirts with uh some bands that play there shout out burning strong Saw those. despise shackled and payback and um the way the merch was set up it was like on like the one side we were all there together it was like the record label was at like the far end of the table then it's payback mh chaos then me and then shackled uh and they're they're struck never but they're young blood but that, that band's still awesome but it was cool just to kind of be like with, awesome band yeah uh it was cool just to be surrounded with my friends but obviously it's like everybody was just there representing the label and it just felt really cool yeah. to be there and represent for it because i uh, love the label love all the bands so it, it was a really cool and interesting time and especially for it being my first time doing something like that it, it was actually uh, surprisingly uh, fun and it uh, went well it blew my mind uh, you know blew all my ex- expectations out of the water yeah that's sick i uh i saw those show uh those shirts and they were they were awesome if i'd have gone to fya i definitely would have picked up one of them like i i love shackled i love the spies like all those bands are are awesome and from within's a great label and i think it's just cool to like feel like you're part of something you know what i mean like a lot of people around you like sharing the same if not the same vision like a shared like idea of how to do things you know what i mean or a shared like a sense of community even within a community like hardcore is is really important and like we have that here too like all of our all of our friends bands and us are like a i say that there's like 15 of us they're all in like eight bands but we're all like a group you know what i mean and i think that's something that's that's important because like even in hardcore that's based something that this that it uh sorry that's something that's based on being a community it's really cool to have your own little like subsect. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Yeah. Cause when I, uh, you know, I, I, I've traveled to support the bands on the label and they treated me like family. So it, 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 it's cool to be able to have found something like that through doing the podcast. Cause yeah, for sure. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. Cause it, it was all just like organic shit. Like I, it all stemmed from, uh, FYA, uh, seven, which is like this sign right here. I, mm-hmm. I remember I had uh, seen Payback live, and back then I, I didn't really uh, know the people too well. Uh, but I, I just saw Payback live, and then at the after show, uh, I, I just walked up to Carter and was like, "Yo, like you killed it on the drums for, for Payback," and then that just is kind of where uh, it all started. And then from there, we just been super cool. And then the, that's sick, yeah. And then the label and the podcast, we just been uh, you know supporting each other since then. And, and I've said it openly uh, that I'm. As, as long as from within records is around like i'm writing for them till the end because I, I i love carter i i love everything that has come out on that label and everybody that's been involved that i've dealt with has been awesome yeah for sure it's an awesome label it's cool to see uh someone doing that kind of stuff in that area you know what i mean like it's not it's obviously not all one sound or one uh like cadre of bands or anything but it's there's definitely a shared like there's a through line through all of it. You know what I mean? Uh, it's all people that are really stoked on hardcore and it's, it's cool to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's just crazy. Cause like I said, 
uh, the, the way that this all came together and, and for me have being involved in hardcore for so long and to, to find some to have found something like this like so many years in this is like this is cool because it, it feels like it, it makes um uh everything feel a, a little more like worth it right it's like i i, I sure. don't, don't feel like i'm really kind of uh, because like I'm, I'm like a transplant right I, I live in orange county but i'm from the palm springs area our scene basically mm-hmm. died out there um, and then I came out here and just trying to find new friends and, uh, you know, be a part of a, you know, a real scene out here. It, it's, it's just been like this w- interesting journey that I've been on and, uh, you know, I'm still finding, sure. yeah. And I still like, I'm, I'm still finding my way. Like, obviously like I, I represent, uh, more Chinese hardcore. I, I rep that all the time, but to, to, uh, be a part of something like from within records and, uh, have those friendships, it, it, it just means a lot. Yeah. That's sick, man. I'm stoked for you. I definitely, I definitely can relate. So, and what's the scene like out there in North Carolina? Because obviously like I know bands like magnitude, I'm friends with some of those guys. I, there's a newer band called a knife in the dark. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great band. Mm-hmm. And then I, I know fading signal. And as far as North Carolina, uh, that's about it for me. So I, I'm, I, I'm always like down to get educated and kind of figure out what else is going on out there. For sure, man. Um, North Carolina hardcore is at like the healthiest spot that it's been as a as a collective scene, probably since I've been going to shows. Like I started coming to shows in 2017, and really the only like bands like flag waving North Carolina were Magnitude and Invoke, and uh, both awesome bands, both mm-hmm. great great bands, and I love both of them. I love seeing them, but it happened to be a time where neither of them were really playing that much, at least in North Carolina. Like. Uh, magnitude was doing like bigger tours and doing fests and stuff and uh there just felt like there was like a a vacuum you know what i mean and uh, a couple people were starting bands and we were starting fading signal and over the pandemic it just kind of grew up and like there's been mad kids at every show that we've had since the pandemic ended or not ended but since shows came back i guess Mm. um and there's a lot of awesome bands. Like you mentioned the knife in the dark. Those are, those are my boys. Chris that sings in that band is one of my favorite people like in the world. Um, uh, are so much fun to see live. Like, it's just like actual crazy person music. I can't believe that they can play the stuff that they can play. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, me and Bailey that are in fading signal are also in a band called, uh, flames of betrayal, which is like uh, prayer for cleansing worship metalcore. Um, there's a band called Eyes Wide Shut. It's like a like a beatdown band that's uh, also members of the Flames. And then they have a they have another band called Thirteenth that's really good. Um, our guitar player Puffle is in a band called No Longer at Ease and a band called Soul to Keep. And both of those bands are awesome. Uh, there's a band called Fever Strike from here that's really good. Um, there's a new band called Rapid Fire that they played our uh, their first show was the Flames of Betrayal record release that we also played. It was us them. 13th Roseblood, a knife in the dark and i think that's it and they're like one of my they're probably my favorite north carolina band and they don't even have music out yet um yeah there's there's so much going on that it's like almost hard to keep up with now which is really weird because like we've had we've had a hardcore scene but we haven't really had like hardcore bands that much you know what i mean like it was more like there was more of a metalcore scene than anything here for a while and like all the all the hardcore bands were like really just punk bands that played like basement shows and stuff. And some of those bands are sick too, like uh, Scarecrow, Adderall, Tired of Everything. Like there's, there's a lot going on and there's more going on now than there has been in a long time. So it's, it's really cool to be involved with. 
Uh, it sounds like you're, uh, you know, it's getting busy down there, but it's awesome that people are, are, are willing to step up and start new bands because it, they, they could easily just kind of sit back and just wait for someone to book a show or to start a band. But the fact that, uh, that group of people out there are starting so many new bands, that's really awesome. Yeah. It's really sick to see. It, it makes my heart happy. hundred percent. Yeah. Cause I've, I've always lived in Southern California and I always feel like, my vision is always skewed when it comes to like having a, a healthy scene. Cause obviously like, uh, I grew up in the Palm Springs area and yeah, the scene had died, but I didn't experience a drought because I just would have to drive an hour and a half West, two hours West. And there's the thriving hardcore scene in the inland empire, right. orange County, LA. So even though like my actual local scene died, it never stopped. There's always, constant bands uh going from when i started yeah. going to shows in 2002 in southern california to to now it, it, there's never been a dead period because um as close as all like you know the, the orange county san diego like as close as we all are together somebody is always doing something so there's never a, a, a time where shows stopped or there weren't any bands around there's so many people out here there's there's always stuff going on so um it, I, I always feel like like yeah like when i look at it, it it's like it's always been there it's always been healthy yeah i get what you mean it definitely it definitely is different like north carolina has always had shows and we've had good shows here and there but for for a while it was definitely dry you know what i mean like uh which is fine i mean it's how it's how you build a scene you have to have dry shows to be able to have good shows you know what i mean and not that those weren't good shows but Mm -hmm. to have like big shows i guess um yeah it's it's really it's kind of a, uh, it kind of takes takes my words away, you know what I mean? Because it's uh, it's something I always hoped for, but kind of never thought would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's definitely something that we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants here. But uh, it's sick. It's really it's really fun, and it's I think it's one of the one of the becoming one of the best hardcore scenes in the country right now. Yeah, I, I and I always tell everybody like, uh, there's good hardcore bands everywhere. We just have to find them. For and, sure. And when I look at, uh, you know, the North Carolina <coughs> hardcore scene and to be able to produce a band like Magnitude and you look what they've done, right? They, they didn't come from any of the, the coastal scenes, any of the, the hyped up scenes. They just did it on their own. And yep. they're one of the most influential hardcore bands that's come around in years. For sure. Absolutely. So I, I always like to look at them as, as an example and like point, point to them and tell people like, yo, like, doesn't matter where you're at. If you want it, like, you know, bad enough, you can make it happen just like they did. For sure. There's a will. If there's a will, there's a way, no matter what you're doing. Yeah. And, and shit doesn't happen overnight. I, I think it, it happens in, in time as long as you work hard and give it time to, to spread. Right. Cause I, I think word of mouth uh, is probably like the most important um, ways to spread information, especially if somebody, right. Like, imagine somebody from out of town, like a, a band traveling through uh, plays North Carolina has a good time. Then they go and tell all their friends and be like, yo, like you have to go play there. Like we had a crazy show. I feel like those, For sure. th- those experiences are, are really important and you need to have those so that the word can actually spread because if you, you know, talk about it online stuff doesn't really translate all the time so th- i think ha- sure. having those in-person experiences and having them having the people who had those experiences from out of town tell all their other friends I, th- I think that that's like the best way to spread that kind of information yeah absolutely i completely agree um the internet was the kind of the only way we had to for a while obviously be- uh because of covid but 
I think that honestly kind of helped us because that's what everyone was pretty much doing was working and going on Twitter or going on Facebook or going on Instagram or whatever they were doing. And it, it definitely helped build kind of a, a base for North Carolina. You know what I mean? Cause kids were, kids were discovering all these bands and all these bands were coming out during the pandemic and kids were, kids were fiending for shows. And like, by the time we played our first show back from quarantine, kids were going absolutely ballistic in a way that I haven't seen people go at like a, an all local hardcore show in North Carolina, probably in the time that I've been going to shows, like every band kids were losing their minds and singing along. And our set was, it was probably the most fun set we've ever had other than the one time we played uh Richmond at the crystal palace. Like there was just so there was just such an energy, you know what I mean? And now that, now that we have the ability to bring, to bring bands through, I think the one thing that we need to capitalize on is, not just coming out when it's an all local show, you know what I mean? And it's not even just here. It's, it seems like it's the thing everywhere that kids will come out when it's all either all big bands or all like their local bands, but then a band comes from out of town and they don't show up at all. And, uh, or not at all, but not in the same way, you know what I mean? And it's definitely happened here. Like we've had a couple shows with, uh, with out of town bands where kids come in for the, for the locals and then don't stay for the out of town bands. And I think that's one thing that people need to really realize is that, these shows are how we get to build a scene and get cool bands to come here. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You said. That, that, that definitely sounds like kind of, <coughs> kind of backwards. Cause I feel like if I was a local kid and there was a band coming through that, I don't get to see that often. And that I liked, that'd be the band that I'd actually want to stay for. Cause these local bands, obviously uh, they're playing more frequently than these bands coming through. So it, it would make more sense to to want to stay and to because because yeah because that's what's gonna uh, you know you you want to yeah. stay and pop off uh, yeah yeah for your friends band but also for these out of town bands coming through because if they have a good time like that like I said like those, yeah exactly those moments and those stories are, are gonna spread yeah and I don't think it's a I don't think it's an intentional thing it's just some shows it's how it happens some shows it doesn't but I feel like there's kind of a because the scene started to get built up a little bit here, there's kind of a, a sense of like, I don't want to say like dedication or pride, you know what I mean? Cause we're, we're still building, but kids definitely get very psyched on North Carolina bands and kind of let the other, like we'll occasionally let other bands fall to the side. And mm. it's, <laughs> it's all part of the learning curve. You know what I mean? Kids will, kids will get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a weird balance. Cause obviously you want the, excuse me, you want the locals to have that that hometown pride but also you want them to be able to recognize um the the good hardcore that's coming through their hometown because a lot of these bands don't last that long so who knows um you yep. know, they're coming through north carolina that could be their first and last time ever yep and i don't think kids realize that um especially because a lot of the kids that are getting into hardcore now come from like different scenes where bands stick around and will absolutely just play to nobody for however long they have to. And not the hardcore bands don't, mm -hmm. but it just so happens that hardcore bands tend to have shorter lifespans and people really don't know what they got until it's gone sometimes. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm by no means trying to like shit on the kids that come to shows I in North Carolina because it's awesome that they do and it makes me very happy, but nothing's perfect. And I think uh, there's always room for improvement. And that's that's definitely something that I think needs to be needs to be tweaked a little bit 
And it's probably something that I'm guilty of. Like there's definitely been times that I've been like tired or had to get ready for a set or had to recover from a set. And I don't go off for a band that I would like to go off for just because of whatever is going on. And it's a, it's a universal thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, I'm guilty of it too. There's cause I live so close to uh chain reaction to program that I, if I see a lineup, and it's like, wow, like I really don't like that band and I don't want to uh, be in the presence of uh, their performance. I'll, I'll just be like, I'll stay home. I don't care. I'm like, all right, that I'll, I'll look at the, the set times. Like, all right, I don't I, I don't like that band. Uh, I definitely don't like the band playing after them. Oh, but the band that I really want to see is like, you know, the last like two or three bands on the bill. I'm like, I'll just show up late. Uh, not yeah, a big deal. Which is your prerogative. That's 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 what you do. Yeah, but if it's a, like a a bill where there's like a band coming through that I'm like, all right, I've never seen them before. The music sounds cool online. Like I'm like, all right, I got to be there right when they set up, so just so I can get a good spot and experience it live. Because if, if it if it's okay on recording, maybe it's better live. Or if I see it live and it's like okay, maybe the recordings are better. So I, I always try to give everyone a fair shot. For sure, for sure, and that's that's how it should be. There's definitely plenty of bands that I don't like recorded at all, but when I go see them, it's always fun. So I I never like I'll go see them any chance I have. Yeah, more recently, I, I don't want to name the band, but they they've been to California before, like but before the pandemic had uh, mm-hmm. great reactions. But they played uh, like right when shows started coming back, they were on tour and they played uh, in California and. I was I was sure they're going to get a good reaction because they've gone in in the past and they've only gotten bigger and better since then. But they played and it was just a dud. It was the weirdest thing. Kids were just not really into it. Everybody was just kind of standing around, like just trying to figure out what was going on. And uh, granted, it, it was a weird crowd. It wasn't like the normal kids that come right. out. Um, and then they got off stage and they're like, wow, that sucked. And then people were asking <laughs> me, and you know, obviously like I'm their friend that lives here. Um, they're not from here. So they're asking me like, yo, like what happened? Like, like, was that like, was that, did we suck or, or what? And I was trying to explain to them like, no, like you guys sounded fine. It's just, it was just a weird night for everybody. Cause even one of the local bands that play that normally always gets a good reaction everywhere. A dud too. It was, it was the weirdest yeah. thing. And, and it like, it's not perfect out here. Right. Um, but most of the time, uh, it's the complete opposite, but that does happen from time to time. So, uh, for sure, for yeah, sure. Yeah. So, but, but I just felt bad having to explain it to, to them that it wasn't their fault, that it, it was just, it was honestly just a weird crowd. Yeah. It's every, every place has its off, off nights and it's off periods. You know what I mean? And it's never, it's rarely ever the band's fault. You know what I mean? Sometimes the kids just ain't feeling it that night. And that's just how it goes. Yeah. Like I, I've been on one tour in my life and, uh, I, it was with, uh, first blood, but I, I, I was doing merch for this local band, um, from the inland empire. And I, I just did a week with them and mm-hmm. I thought for sure, I'm like every night I'm going crazy to first blood. I'm moshing. I'm <laughs> set up the merch. I'm taking a break during first blood. Don't talk to me. And I, I thought I would, I thought it was going to be popping every night, but it wasn't like that. That's when I kind of realized like, Oh, like it's, it's not how it is. Like, you know, where I go to shows, it's not like that everywhere. Um, For sure. So it, it was definitely an, an interesting experience to, to, to see it from a different lens. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely get that. But okay. So, uh, you, you put out nothing feels good anymore. 
get in contact with Bert. Uh, did you guys sign to the label before uh, Long Ago and Far Away came out? Um, we technically still aren't signed to the label. There's something to do with like uh, like vinyl releases that you have to do before signing. Uh, where we're going to be act like officially signing soon. Uh, but we've we've considered ourselves a safe inside band and safe inside is considered us a safe inside band pretty much since nothing feels good anymore came out. Okay. Cause I've been in the same boat too. I, I've considered you guys a uh, safe inside band uh, since I, you know, found out, uh, you know, about you guys, which was like in that period between nothing feels good anymore and long ago and far away. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, it definitely just fits. Like it's, it's the best label for us to be on, I think in terms of sound and in terms of like, the bands that are around us and the people that are involved with the label it just it makes sense for us to be on that on that label and to be a safe inside band so we're we're a safe inside band no matter what no matter what it, what happens in the future like safe inside is like the label that opened everything for us okay and i'm curious too when i think about the band's name is there like a significant meaning or story behind how you guys landed on fading signal uh, Fading Signal is a hope conspiracy song. Uh, we we were trying to come up with names, and we had a bunch of different ones. Uh, the only other one that we like seriously considered was uh, Dream Long Dead, which is a Godflesh song. And I kind of wish we'd have gone with that a little bit, just because I want to be in a band that's named that. But I think uh, Fading Signal something about something about uh, when I suggested that it just kind of resonated, and it just felt right. And especially with the way we've um evolved in our sound and our aesthetic and our like whole kind of vibe has evolved i think it's uh it's just a perfect name for for what we're doing but it is a it's a song off i think endnote or uh file of three one of those it's a it's a like a later period hope con song okay for or sure. like a mid period hope con song awesome yeah i I, I I enjoy the name. I, I think it fits well. Like when I think of the band name versus the music, I, I feel like it, it matches up well. Like it, it doesn't uh, feel off. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. I'm glad that that's the name we went with. It definitely was uh, incongruent at first, but like I said, as we evolved, it's made more and more sense. Okay. And as far as the um, album cover for Long Ago and Far Away, um, where is that taken? Uh, it was taken, uh, it's a bookstore in Raleigh called Reader's Corner. Uh, it was taken by my friend Jerrica and, uh, she, she just is a photographer and I was scrolling through, it was either on her photography Instagram or just her regular Instagram. And I saw that picture and something about it just, we had already written the song. We'd already come up with the name and, uh, I, something about it just resonated with me. Like it's, a, it's kind of a recognizable place if you're from Raleigh. So it's it kind of represents Raleigh in that way. And Raleigh is a very important uh, city to the band. It's where we had our first show. And it's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of references to Raleigh and things that have happened in Raleigh, at least in our personal histories in the band. So that was cool. And there's just something about the picture itself that I felt like uh, resonated with me in terms of like the lyrics and the music of the record. And I just, I hit her up and I was like, I asked if we could use it. And she said, yes. And we got a, we got our friend Matt to to edit it and make the cover, and I think it's I think it's perfect. I think it's very evocative of the, the sound of the record. Yeah, no, I I think it's a cool photo because when, when I think about it, I don't even know if there's like a bookstore like that out here because I, I think of just like Barnes and Noble, 
Um, right. So to to know that there's like a cool bookstore like that out there in Raleigh, I think that's cool. Yeah, there are there are a few there are a few really cool like smaller like locally owned bookstores in Raleigh. Yeah, when I think of Raleigh, I, I I remember there was this Disney show back in the day. I'm not sure if you remember it. It was called uh, the Famous Jet Jackson. It, it it took place in Raleigh, North Carolina. And whoa, and, what? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, you should look into it. Um, I don't remember too much. I'm definitely going to. Yeah, because like obviously it's been so long since I watched that show, and I, I watched it as like a kid growing up, and I know that they did like a movie based off the show. But yeah, um, I, I know that the main character, like the whole like you know setting, was in Raleigh. That's wild. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. So, so outside of me spending so much time in the airport, um, uh, that TV show <laughs> comes to mind. That's that's your one connection. Yeah. Yeah, but that, but but that's cool. Yeah, no, I definitely dig the the artwork and all, like and again when i look at that artwork and listen to the record i'm like oh cool like it like it doesn't like throw me off because sometimes like you'll see artwork and be totally you know blindsided you're like oh that's not what i was expecting or, or it doesn't like you know seem to match up in your mind but i, I yeah I, for I, sure i think again you, you guys did a good job with uh, picking a uh, cool artwork i appreciate it man so um in in terms of uh, writing the music uh because uh, obviously at, at that point you had done the demo the ep uh what was this process like because obviously you, you've been through it twice already did you feel more comfortable when it came to writing l the lyrics for the songs did you have trouble uh, coming up with like you know the subject matter um i don't think i really had trouble coming up with the subject matter just because it's uh it's stuff that i deal with like every day like it's very it's very the lyrics for fading signal have always been very very personal so it's it's never sometimes I struggle with actually getting the lyrics out, but I always kind of know more or less what I want to write about. Um, writing the music was honestly the easiest this time around. Like we wrote Wasting Words kind of as a collective band uh, before Bailey joined. So like me, Puffle, Dean and our drummer, AJ, kind of just workshop that song like to the hilt. And then uh, Bailey wrote Internalized pretty much by himself. Uh, and we like gave him small like criticisms and things that we thought could be different or better or whatever and uh palm reader was a song that he was going to use for a different band that he used to be in and uh kind of the same thing we just like put our input in and like said what we thought should be added and we had we got that done we got the music was done way before we ever went in to record it or even like practice it as a whole band you know what i mean mm -hmm. and uh writing the lyrics like Wasting Words was easy to write because it was, I was still kind of in the, the same mindset I was when I was writing Nothing Feels Good Anymore uh, when I was writing that song. And it's about a similar subject. Um, Internalized and Palm Reader definitely were a little bit of a challenge just because I was trying to write about uh, something different. You know what I mean? Um, like most of the first EP is about like a relationship or like friends that, I don't have any more or something like that. And internalized and palm reader are much more about me and my mindset specifically. So it was, uh, it, I went through multiple different versions of both of those songs before I landed on, on what's on the record. And I'm curious about palm reader. So I, I feel like that's the, the one track that actually sticks out to me when I listen to the record, you know, front to back. All right. I think that's the one that I kind of gravitate towards. Uh, but I, I, I'm curious if you can speak about what that song actually is about. Um, that song is about 
people who think that they have all the answers to your problems and who and it's told through the metaphor of like mystics and palm readers and uh psychics and stuff like that which uh whether you believe it or not it's not my business uh whether i believe in it or not is irrelevant to the song but it's more just about this is my thing to deal with and it's not anyone that any anything that anyone else can really understand fully you know what i mean mm-hmm. which is something that i'm guilty of too uh like all my lyrics are me singing to myself as much as they are me singing to other people um and i just wanted to kind of get my thoughts out in a way that i thought was well written and uh i wanted to i definitely wanted to emphasize more metaphor usage in that song and uh i think i i think i pulled it off like there's a good mix of um very literal language and very metaphorical language in that song if you if you look close enough um but yeah it's just it's about my struggles with my own uh problems and dealing with my problems and trying to explain to other people why I do the things I do in dealing with those problems. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I really like that line, finding new ways of getting lost again. I, I, I find myself just reading that and thinking about that. Like, damn. So I, cause I, I obviously we all go through stuff and uh, sure. especially with me, like I, uh, have these goals and like i have like things that i want to achieve but i i feel like sometimes i set myself up to fail because like i'll I'll put myself in in, in a good position and i see the clear path to get there but then somehow um i i i i don't know if it's uh being afraid of uh success um or 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 something else i have no idea but sometimes i'll just kind of create some roadblocks to kind of take me a little longer to get there for sure. I definitely, I definitely do the same thing. And, uh, the finding new ways of getting lost, uh, line is, I appreciate you, uh, resonating with that line. I'm always, uh, I'm always stunned when people can actually resonate with the lyrics that I write just because once again, it's not something that I ever like expected for myself. But, um, that line is very much about like when you find yourself at the, at the bottom or what you perceive to be the bottom and you have to like, disappear for a little while and kind of get lost in yourself to figure yourself out you know what i mean and i feel like that's a pretty universal experience like that's something everyone has to has to come to grips with 100 percent, yeah and yeah it, 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 it's uh, cool to hear uh, you know your uh you know meaning and perspective on that song because like i said that one uh, sticks out to me and it, it's, it's cool to hear it from you for the, the the person who wrote it so so it's cool i appreciate it man it's cool to be able to talk about it. Yeah. And um, as, as far as like playing the album live, do you have a favorite track off of the new record that you um, enjoy a little more than the others? I love playing Wasting Words. That's my favorite song that we've ever written. Um, it's probably the most important to me lyrically. Um, it's probably my favorite thing that I've written lyrically. Um, and the end part always gets like a good reaction, either kids moshing or kids up front singing along. And it's just fun. Like I love that song so much. And every time we play it, I just, I feel like I get like plus 10 energy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that's cool to, to be able to feel that when you, when, when you play that song, because um, uh, you mentioned how uh, you are blown away when people you post your lyrics um, or even like talk to you about those songs and can share mm-hmm. meaning with it. Cause yeah, cause y- you create these songs and, and put them out there, but you never really know what kind of uh, results you're going to get. For sure. Which is actually 
kind of what wasting words is about in a way so it's it's kind of double uh double impactful to play that song mm-hmm. okay and as far as uh traveling with the band uh what's the furthest you guys have played from home uh we played richmond with chemical fix and that's the that's actually the only show i've ever played out of state with any band mm-hmm. um we are definitely planning to travel more uh this year uh we have something lined up right now that should be announced very soon uh that'll involve us traveling a little bit more um and we have more shows planned out throughout the year in other places uh but the farthest we've gone so far is richmond now those plans obviously it's not announced yet but uh does it involve any california dates unfortunately not yet but that's something that we're gonna try and get as soon as we can because i've always wanted to go to california and i would love to play in california a bunch of my friends live out there mm-hmm. and it would be it would be awesome to be able to play and just hang out there and see all my people that i don't get to see 100 percent. well yeah I, I i always have to ask because obviously i'm uh super biased because i want every band to come out here uh over right. anywhere else but okay well um, hopefully at some point you guys are able to to, to make it out here because it's obviously the label's base out of uh you know southern california yeah. and i feel like uh you guys would get a good reception out here i uh i agree i would i'm trying to play california as soon as we can so once we get once we get the stuff that we have in the cards now out of the way that's california and the west the western part of the country in general is definitely uh next on the on the list for me at least yeah, and I, I, I'm excited for you guys to be able to play that show on March 15th with uh, Drain, Pain of Truth. Oh, I'm so I'm Ingram. so excited for that show. <laughs> yeah, dude, just uh, obviously I love Drain. Uh, uh, awesome band, awesome people. They deserve absolutely everything that they've gotten and that's coming their way. Super awesome band. And then Pain of Truth, I literally saw them a couple days ago insane I, I think that was like the second or third time that i've seen them live and they mm-hmm. they always kill it crazy energy yep. um, so sh- shout out to pain of truth and um ingrown's awesome i've uh I, I was at like their their record release show which was like in anaheim for some weird reason um right so th- that was interesting but they're always good live and i, I you know I, I saw downfall um like about a month ago i think was it another month ago i can't remember um and they were cool live that, that was my first time ever seeing them so yeah awesome band awesome band i uh yeah i love all those bands like drain i think this is only the second time drains played north carolina i might be wrong mm-hmm. uh the first time they played was with uh gulch hands of gulch and hands of god on that little uh that east coast run they did and uh me and bailey's other band actually that was our first show was the north carolina date of that tour and uh drain like they're just one of my favorite bands to see and the fact that we get to play with them is very exciting uh, same with Pain of Truth. Like, I think they're the best, like, heavy hardcore band out right now. It's just so, like, well written and they have so much energy and so much, like, they just have such a cool vibe when they play. I'm very excited to see them again. And Ingrown's in- incredible. Like, the fact that that sound comes out of three people is mind boggling. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. To- I've never seen them before. So I'm really excited to-, to see that band and play with them. And of course, Downfall, I'm excited to see again and I'm excited to play with them too. They're uh, they're one of my favorite like bands of their area, so it's gonna be that show's gonna be very very fun. Yeah, hell yeah, that's super awesome. But uh, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that stuff gets announced soon, so hopefully we don't have to wait that much longer to hear about uh, you know more shows from Fading Signal because, like I said, 
I'm a fan and looking forward to being able to see you guys at, at some point, wherever. I, I feel like I'm traveling. Sure. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm traveling way more than I ever have for hardcore. Um, I, I feel like which I'm, is sick. Yeah, part of me feels like I'm making up for lost time uh, during yeah. during the pandemic. I kind of realized like shit, this this isn't guaranteed. I got to make the most of uh, you know my time with hardcore and obviously uh, before I was uh, I, I didn't really have. Uh, people to travel with so I, I feel like that was like a big setback like okay like i don't want to travel to this scene by myself and um it, it's just For a lot sure. it's just a lot easier when you have like friends to do it with or you know friends where you're traveling to and i've been fortunate enough to have made a lot of friends through doing the podcast over the years That's sick. so now i'm able to go to places like pensacola florida and be able to uh, have friends to put me up to pick me up from the airport uh, yeah. So, so, so it's awesome that I'm I'm able to do that now. So I'm taking full advantage of that and traveling places. Like I just got back from Tampa. I'm going to Philly in March, um, and who knows where I go after that. But um, like I said, if I have to travel, hopefully things line up. And maybe um, if I have to see you guys outside of California, cool. But if not, hopefully you guys make it out here at some point. That would uh, either way it would be awesome. I I definitely want to make it out to California as soon as we can. And yeah, it's awesome to be able to like have people to to kind of welcome you into a new place um i've only ever been like up and down the east coast for shows and like mm-hmm. up through i went on tour with uh bailey's old band like through texas up to wisconsin uh, a couple years ago and that was that was awesome but like you said it's it's definitely different going to like an out of even an out of town show let alone an out of state or like other side of the country show by yourself like when you don't really know that many people um so it's it's definitely it's good to have something that gives you a level of comfort in a new place. You know what I mean? Especially when you're going for something like hardcore. hundred percent. Yeah. Cause I'm like thinking like if I, if I had done what I just did in Tampa by myself, it wouldn't have been as much fun. hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. But okay. So we're it's January, 2022, uh, fading signal has put something out every year since the demo. Uh, can we expect something this year or are you guys just kind of working on an an LP and going to kind of maybe put it off a little longer, give long ago and far away a little more of of a life before moving on to the next record? Uh, We're definitely trying to have an LP out this year, probably in the fall, if I had to guess. Um, And I'm sure we'll take a little, a little break from, from putting stuff out after that. But uh, I think we just want to like capitalize on the, the little amount of not little but the amount of uh like buzz that we got off the last two eps um we already have i think we're using two songs from the the last ep and uh we have like four more songs already written i think Mm -hmm. so we're gonna we're gonna keep writing we're taking a little break from shows uh next month other than the one we're playing with uh pummel and peace test and gum in richmond and then we're taking a break in april to kind of use those two months to to really workshop new new music and then the goal is to be in the studio by may so and then have the lp out as soon as we can after that so yeah you have to get get that long queue for the vinyl since everything's still so back (laughs) you got to submit it tomorrow to have it by the end of the year pretty much yep (laughs) that's just crazy but that's cool at least you have like a little roadmap uh, that you can try to follow because, uh, like I said, the long ago and far away came out, uh, 
last last year. Even I say last year, but November 2021 wasn't that long ago. Right. But, yeah. Two um, months. Two months ago. Roundabout. Yeah, yeah, give or take. Uh, so obviously, we're uh, people are probably still finding out about that record, still bonding with it, listening to it. So it's it's cool that obviously uh, we still have some time till the next stuff comes out. Yeah, yeah, we we definitely have a little while, but uh, I definitely want to. I mean, it's a it's the classic model: two seven inches and an LP in the in a year. I think is the is the optimum way to to make hardcore music, at least in the style that we're doing. So. That's definitely the the lane that I'm trying to get us to go in, and I think I think we'll be able to do it. I'm really excited to to just put more music out. Like whenever whenever we put something out, I'm really hyped on it for like the first month, and I I still am really hyped on it. Like I love all of our music because it's like it's my favorite style of hardcore, and I I like even if I wasn't in this band, I would like this band. You know what I mean? Which is a good thing to it's a good motivator. So I'm. I'm still really psyched on the music, but I'm always ready for the next thing. You know what I mean? I'm ready to to have new things to say and new new songs to sing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just happy that um, you're not in that situation where you had just put out a, a record, but you already have the next one written because of the pandemic. Because I, 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 I don't oh, know. Because yeah. I'm not sure if that's gonna like stunt people's like creativity, or maybe the two records will sound too much alike and. Um, the you know that you won't be able to hear like the progression from you know the, the one record to the next uh so i always think it's a little strange when when bands are getting in that situation and, and i i feel for them and hope the best because uh, obviously uh, you know it, bands can do it and, and do it right but also at the same time like I, I just wonder like how many times can you go to that like creativity well before it runs dry yeah for sure i think it also depends on like what people want to do as a band because mm-hmm. like there are some bands that are very comfortable just occupying a very specific and set lane and just doing that. And I think it's sick. It's awesome. But there are also bands that the the goal is progression and the goal is to get better or get different, at least with every release. And I think that's definitely what, what Fading Signal is doing. Like, I don't think any of our three records or our three releases sound alike, really. Um, there are definitely common threads, but I think we've, we have evolved with every release and I want to keep doing that for sure. So I'm, I'm very glad that we have, uh, some time between to be able to let that progression happen instead of trying to force it right after we, we drop something else. You know what I mean? hundred percent. There's like bigger bands that have done things right before fading signal. Right. So I, 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 I'm always curious when bands start to you know write music or whatever start on, on their uh, career path or whatever I, I'm, I'm always curious if they ever look to the bands that have done it right before them and kind of try to follow that model because i feel like it's just it's, it's a roadmap like they did it obviously yeah for sure you can't follow it to a t because two different bands but it's like they've kind of laid this groundwork that it can be done right yeah for sure and like i like i was saying before the two eps and an lp like that's that's from the american nightmare playbook like that's that's what they did and i think and it's not just them like multiple bands have followed that exact same uh that exact same trajectory and i think it's just it's a good way to keep interest without having to put out full releases Mm -hmm. and it's a good way to build interest for a full release uh so in that in the aspect of like timing of when we're putting stuff out that's definitely something that we took into consideration um i can't say that we necessarily are basing our like like the trajectory of the way the band is evolving on any specific band we kind of just we write one thing and then we 
go back and listen to it a thousand times and see what we can improve and what we can add and what we can take away and all that stuff. Um, which is what we're in the process of doing with, with long ago and far away right now. Like there's definitely, there's definitely some stuff that I think we can improve on. There's definitely some stuff that I think we should keep going with. So I'm just excited to, to be able to continue to evolve this band. You know what I mean? hundred percent. And I'll be here watching from the sidelines, rooting for you guys because i i enjoy the music uh i'm stoked. i appreciate it man I, I, i'm stoked on what you guys have put out so far and i'm curious to see what's next so keep doing what you guys are doing i think you'll be fine but before we go uh you mentioned earlier that you're re-watching the matrix movies and <laughs> yeah and okay I, i'm not i i've seen like the first three when i was like young i saw the animatrix or whatever that stuff was that came out after mm-hmm. um and i have like I had like little interest to watch the new one, but then I've seen too many memes like bagging on it. I, I think right. like, I, the new the, or the latest meme that I saw was like, uh, it was like this guy showing like uh, the fighting style from like Matrix One, which is like super intense yep. and crazy. I, I saw that too. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, and then it cuts to the Matrix Four fighting, and it's just like really slow. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And I'm like, wow, that looks really lame. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, I feel like I've seen more negative than good on that movie, and I'm just oh, it's like, dude, like I don't even remember what happened at the end of the Matrix Three, so I don't even know if I should even just jump into the fourth one or, or if I should try to start from the beginning and work my way to it. Um. From what I've heard about the fourth one, uh, I haven't seen it yet just because like, that's kind of why I'm rewatching the OG trilogy. Cause I haven't seen, I haven't seen any of them in a few years. I okay. used to, I used to, I was talking to Jay about it when we were watching it. I actually used to have uh, this tradition of rewatching the original three, like every year. And I kind of fell off and I have it in a while, but now that they put the new one out, uh, I've definitely heard mixed reviews about it. Um, I've seen a lot of people shitting on it. I've also seen a lot of people saying that it's perfectly fine. I've seen a lot of people saying it's great, so I don't really know what to expect. Um, I'm excited to watch it either way, just because I mean it's a new Matrix movie, so it's it's going to be cool to experience either way, even if it is bad. But um, we just rewatched um, two the other night, and like I remember thinking that two was bad, and then I went went back and watched it. I was like, this is cool. Like it's just it's still awesome. Uh, I would definitely say it's worth going back and rewatching if you're going to watch uh, the new one because. There is something that happens at the end of the Matrix that I think kind of has to, or the third Matrix that I think kind of has to play into the new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, but I have no idea what to expect if I'm being completely honest. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I, I think I, I got to get around to it at some point because I'm, uh, I think, like obviously th- th- those movies were like so iconic, uh, you know, for their time. But when you mm-hmm. think about what's going on. Uh, currently in present day with like things like the metaverse and like nft don't even get me started bro don't even get me started <laughs> yo i'm trying to go to the metaverse after we log off here i'm trying to buy that haptic feedback glove um i'm trying to go all in I'm good on it you can have it dude it's, it really i it, it freaks me out man freaks you out I, aren't you a at least a bit curious like are we already in the metaverse like what comes after all of this life uh right you i got no i got no idea if i'm being honest i just i gotta go with what's what's in front of me and something about the metaverse just don't sit right with my spirit i don't i don't the, it was when it was when the gloves got dropped that i really really started to feel weird about it because i was like ah what are what's the plan here uh, I, I get I get why it's interesting and mm-hmm. like I have friends that are super in, like into it and 
want to be involved with it, but I'm kind of, uh, I don't want to say I'm tech negative because that sounds like a really cringe thing to say, but technology is definitely odd for me. And maybe it's just because I rewatched the first two matrix movies recently, but there's something about it that just doesn't seem, doesn't seem cool to me. It's, and also it's just like, that kind of stuff's not my thing in general. Like I'm not super into like video games or VR like that. Uh, I actually did just buy a PS4 though, so maybe I'm a hypocrite. Who knows? I mean, I honestly want to like if I could because I I spend a lot of my times in virtual worlds anyways. Like, but, but not like I, I don't do VR. I, I can't do VR because I get like motion sickness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not a lot of people know that, but I guess everybody knows now. But yeah, so like that kind of messes me up. But if I could like transport, you know, my conscience to like a digital space and like live out these games i i play like final fantasy 14 i play new world like these mmorpgs mm-hmm. if i could actually transport to those worlds and you know be there and doing it in real time i think that'd be fucking awesome go and kill some mountain lions like you know what's <laughs> weird is like i i play new world and there's like these mountain lions and obviously like they're real they're they exist in our world and I was looking at them. They're so ugly, right? Ugly, scary monsters. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm having the time of my life. Like, uh, cause I, 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 I didn't realize I was, uh, you know, choosing to be a, a, a tank class, but I just liked having this great axe. And I was just chopping these mountain lions to death. And I'm like, yeah, you're, you're so ugly. And like, this is fun. But then I was thinking, about you're like, so ugly. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm telling you, these things are ugly. They're, they're, they're just monsters. They, they're not cute. They're not friendly, fuzzy or anything. They're just ugly monsters that are trying to attack me while I'm trying to turn in these stupid quests. But then I, th- right. I thought about it. I'm like, you know, these things like exist in real life. So I went down this wormhole and I watched like so many like uh, mountain lion attacks or almost attacks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, like they're, they look just like they do in the video game, but they're like here and it's scary and, and i think about it i was like oh god if i was in the mountains just as me i would die because i i wouldn't have my great axe or anything like equipped right. to, to kill these things um and it, it just like i just thought about it too I'm like, oh, like obviously like i'm not going to go out and want to kill a mountain lion for fun in real life but it, uh, if i'm <laughs> gaining experience to level up to be more badass in this digital world like i would love to transport there and be able to do it um and, and feel the the um all the physical it would just be an interesting experience. I, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't want to trade my life to to never come back. Um, or maybe I would. I don't know. Depends. <laughs> Sounds like you just got a grudge against mountain lions, man. Yeah, maybe. It may. I, I don't even know why because I've never I've never seen one in, in in person. Just in New World with me killing them with my great yeah. axe. But but I, I feel like that's the future because you you, you got to think about. Um, with like cryptocurrency, like so many things going digital that people thought were crazy. And even I was skeptical because I, I think back uh, to when I listen and this is you know where I get all my hate, but I've been listening to Joe Rogan for like a long time. And back in the day, he had on this guy, they um, used to call him the Bitcoin Jesus. Um, he didn't like that name, but it was just given to him. And, right. and he, and this was like, like probably like like at least eight nine years ago at, at this mm-hmm. point um and he was talking about how he just lived off of bitcoin he, mm-hmm. he got paid in bitcoin he paid his rent in bitcoin bought his computer with bitcoin and i was just thinking like this guy is crazy 
he's taking this weird currency that really has like no like major like monetary value and this was at that time right i i could have bought right, right. a ton of bitcoin back then but i didn't because i was just like yeah this i don't even know if this is gonna work this sounds stupid then also thinking about you know looking at like uh dogecoin and i was like i don't yeah. even, i was like i was like i don't know if people are actually going to give into this but then fast forward to now i own uh some bitcoin it's worth a lot of money and it's like yeah i, right. I don't see how that isn't where things actually go with uh maybe this is me thinking like uh you know a, a little crazy uh thinking about how like the world's we're all getting taken over by china and like 10 years we're all we're all going to be speaking chinese uh, whether we want to or not but I don't know. I, it just seems very interesting and very uh, likely that that we could kind of go to like Matrix or maybe like Ready Player One, um, or just some sort of form like that. I I wouldn't be surprised if if something like that happens. Like if we end up in some kind of like voluntary vir- virtual reality at some point. Personally, I think it'll be more like Wally, and the the rich people will go up into a big shit to be able to do it. We'll be all left here to bake on the earth, but. Who knows? Uh, the Bitcoin stuff is definitely interesting. Um, it's not something that I fully understand just because it's not, it's just never something that's like caught my attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people are making money off of it and that's, that's good for them. I, uh, I don't, I don't really get it, but if, if it's helping people out, then, then who cares? There's literally a guy who spent the last eight years in a landfill looking for this hard drive that he threw away that has, an ungodly amount of Bitcoin. Um, and I think that's insane. I'm like, dude, give up. It's been eight years. There's no way this hard drive is going to still be intact. You're never going to find it. Just Massive go, L. Yeah, just go home. You, you could have mined a couple of Bitcoins, uh, you know, since then. In the process, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it, it's interesting. I don't know what's going to take. Obviously, like I said, I still get paid in um, USD uh, for the time being. For now. For now. If if, if my uh, government job uh, uh or I say government, my corporate job, if they offered Bitcoin, I, I think I'd, I'd take some in Bitcoin. Yeah. I personally think we should, uh, we should all grow dreadlock mohawks and start wearing patch jackets and getting paid in debt credits. But that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a joke. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that in any way, shape or form. I just don't want to. Okay. That, that was your joke about it. But yeah, I don't know. It, it, it is interesting. Uh, Cause like I said, uh, yeah, for sure. Technology is getting better. China launched launched some like artificial sun the other day. Uh, yeah, what? Yeah, you should look into it. It's pretty crazy. Um, All right, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, and then who knows? Um, but I, I just wanted to ask you about the Matrix because I'm curious. I'm not like <laughs> uh, like I said, I'm not well versed in those movies, but maybe I'll have to dive into it and see why I enjoyed it so much as a kid. Um, I honestly don't, I, I don't remember understanding the third one. I just remember thinking like, Oh, they're like fighting like Dragon Ball Z. This is kind of cool. Yep. But, uh, I definitely think at least the first two are, are definitely, and at least at, for sure, the first one mm-hmm. are, are worth going back to like the first one's still like a perfect movie. In my opinion, it's, it's so much stuff going on at one time that shouldn't really work together. Like it's a hacker movie, but it's also a Kung Fu movie, but it's also like a philosophy movie. Like there's so much happening and all the performances are insane and everyone involved is so hot. It's there's, there's nothing, there's nothing bad about it. In my opinion, CGI is a little, eh, but it was also 1998. So I'll, I'll give them a pass on that one. Yeah. hundred percent. 
Well, all right, Jordy, this has been <laughs> very informative. Um, I, 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 enjoy, sure. I enjoyed your, your perspective on the Matrix and where we might end up in the near future. <laughs> um, but uh, before we sign off, is there anything else you would like to say before we go? Uh, I want to thank you for having me on. This has been really fun. This is only the second time that I've been on a on a podcast in this format. So it was it was definitely really fun to do. Uh, I love the show a lot. Uh, listen to No Longer at Ease, listen to Soul to Keep, listen to Take It to Heart, Chemical Fix, Take uh, Time and Pressure, Rest in Peace, Eyes Wide Shut, 13th, Roseblood. Uh, basically, listen to any band you can. Support hardcore and uh, support your local scene most of all. All right. Well, there you have it. Thank you again, Jordy. Thank you for everybody for tuning in. And we'll be back soon. Goodbye. <laughs>